Welcome, everyone, to the All Heart Podcast. My name is Noe Lamar. And my name is Thea Monier. And this is a podcast that's all about joy. And pleasure. 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 Hey. I don't know what's going to happen this episode. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the All Heart Podcast. Um, if you're joining us, if you're new to our situation, which we have a lot <laughs> our of new situation, listen- we have a lot of new listeners, Thea. Yes, welcome y'all welcome to the ride. All the Adrian Marie Brown fans, <laughs> we've been waiting for you. <laughs> we have been waiting. We for you. are so grateful for Adrian for sharing this episode with you, and we're happy that you're still here. Yeah, and welcome to our family. Yes, welcome to the Our family. We we're thrilled. We're still like riding the high of interviewing with Adrian Marie Brown and just like staying in this zone of pleasure. Especially because we were talking about like this time of year for both Nona and I. It's like we be we be having a push through. It is a push through time. It is a push through, and time. you gotta find your joy and pleasure at this time. Oof. It is definitely Scorpio season, baby. Who's Scorpios? Want to talk about pleasure? A Scorpio knows how to please themselves. Mm. They know how to indulge. They're my opposite sign, so shout out to all you Scorpios. We are people, Taurus and Scorpio, we know how to feel good. Do you have a lot of Scorpios in your life? I do. I, I didn't know that. I do. I always have. My mother said when I was a baby in my crib, she came in and a Scorpio was about to sting me the scorpion really mm-hmm. i've grown up my cousin that is like a twin to me mm-hmm. and a boy he is we're six months apart and yeah he's scorpio now i dated a lot of male scorpios they're different than the women well there you go <laughs> i feel like i left them all because they couldn't get over shit <laughs> like yes i was like oh are we still talking about that but you understand that, like, we're all fixed signs. So yeah. Leo and Taurus and Scorpio and Aquarius, I've noticed that fixed signs really do attract each other. Mm. But it also causes a lot of conflict mm-hmm. if you don't know yeah, how to balance. Yeah, those relationships would have been good if they just moved the fuck on. Like, <laughs> shit was done. You know what I'm saying? Like, I cannot talk about the same shit over and over again. It's just the Scorpio, they do hold on. Now the women. <laughs> hey bitches. The sexiest they women. Are, listen, they're fierce. I think and amazing. Sierra and will plot Scorpio? revenge. Isn't your girl Sierra? For five thousand years and drink green juice every day to live long enough to see it come to pass. Yeah. They they can't plan with revenge like a Virgo though. If Virgos are are revengeful, I didn't know that. So if you look at the um the list of serial killers. Are they Virgos? They're mostly Virgos. Well, also, them niggas can pull off a plan. Yeah. Like, they can calculate that shit to a T. Yeah, that's why they're serial killers. Oh, my God. amazing. <laughs> this is fascinating. All this is coming out because of Scorpio season. No, I love... I do. I love Scorpios. I love them. And I think I, I think what I... What I always love about them is, like, 
I'd be like, who are you plotting on? <laughs> I'd love to hear the stories because they're so elaborate. I mean, there's so many different kinds of Scorpio. I literally have a ton of Scorpios in my life. I always have. There's tons of different kinds of Scorpios. There's prudish Scorpios. I don't know those. I know. <laughs> they're hard to find. Are they? They're, yes, but they're out there. They're out there. Mm-hmm. But all of them I love so much because there's a lot of unconditional love and acceptance. Oh, they're so loyal. The loyalty, and it's just like, I can't out, um, like, do you in the realm of, like, I did something fucking dark. You know what I mean? So there's, like, not a judgment. It's a judgment-free. So you can go to Scorpio or someone who has a lot of Scorpio in their chart and be like, yeah, you know, busted his windows, did this, did oh, that. Oh, that kind of shit. They're down Stole for. their money. Da, da, da. They're like, oh, girl, really? Wow. Shit happens. <laughs> that sounds, what they do. That's the Scorpio show. What they do. Oh, then they deserved it. Well, I'm going to do my heart to heart first. Mm-hmm. Because we're talking about Scorpio. I want to say that this was the first year in my life that we celebrated Halloween. Go on. In my life. I'll add to this. Yes, go on to this. In my entire life. So I grew up. In a very interesting Christian household, which we've talked about before. And it didn't make a lot of room for the dark, the darkness. Mm. And as I grew older, I think I celebrated it maybe when I was like 12 or 13. I think I remember trying to go trick-or-treating with friends or something. But I was a teenager and Mm -hmm. everyone hates teenage trick-or-treaters, which I have a problem with that. Like, let them be kids. Right. Why not? I like it. I mean, yeah. People really hate it. Don't wear no mask, though, and be like six foot tall coming in my fucking door. That shit is different than like when you're like six. So be respectful. Like wear a costume knowing your size. (laughs) You're like a grown ass man with a full ass beard showing up like that. But so I started as a teenager going with other teenagers. You're like a little fairy though. No, nobody's going to be afraid. And and but I was with all these other teens and like it just wasn't I was like, "Oh, I don't think this <laughs> this is like it's the Halloween the spirit. Like I don't think this is what people talk about." So I never really knew what people were talking about and then we had children. We don't celebrate a lot of traditional holidays. And then this year our eldest was like, "You know what?" I get that we don't do a lot of stuff like this. <laughs> He's like, but I want to. Right. He's like, it'd be, it would be so fun. And I was like, hey, you know, talk to your dad. And then we talked about it as a family. And he was basically just convinced us. Yeah. That it would be fun. Yeah. And like, hey, I'm all about the joy myself. Right, right. So I'm like, okay, why do you want to do it? He's like, one, we don't eat candy. So I want to try that. And I want to dress up and like walk around. And yeah. We're in a neighborhood right now and we, we've we never lived in a neighborhood where mm. you can go trick or treating. And can I just try it? This is a really great argument. <laughs> it was amazing. He had a whole like PowerPoint. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And we were like, okay, sure. Why not? Why not? And it felt so good to kind of just let go. Of, what did you all dress up as? Um, I. Dressed up as pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) I put on a mask. I think we both put on masks. But they wanted to go get their costumes. And then, you know, my eldest, he's really committed to whatever he was doing. 
So he decided he wanted to have the best looking house on the block. Mm. So he did a whole installation. I love it. With my mom, a Halloween installation. Like, it was the best decorated house on the block. They took like eight hours on Halloween day and they just like went hard. Like, <laughs> I should have sent my kids to your house. It was incredible. And then we, and then I felt for the first time like a, oh, this is how parents feel. Like, we got to go outside, yeah, holding a toddler's hand, <laughs> and you're like, say thank you. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't know the rules. I was right. like calling people, like, okay, like, what time does it start? Like, do you hit every house? Oh, like, yeah, for it was, sure. It was a whole new experience. That sounds so fun. It was fun. It was so fun. Thriller played all night long. It Everywhere was, you went. And they were pumped. Every and now time. you get to learn about the neighborhoods. Like, there's different neighborhoods that, that be having it cracking all Halloween. Well, we just, we were living in this new neighborhood, and then we got to meet all our neighbors. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is also, like, a community thing. And lastly, you know my oldest said? The one who made us all celebrate. He said, you know what I liked best about this? Was all the sharing. This was a holiday about, about sharing. sharing. I was like, nobody's ever thought that. I was like, this is a holiday about. Demons. I've never heard that as a description like, of Halloween ever in my life. This is a holiday about demons. I love it, but depends on how you look at it. Potato, potato. It. He saw the sharing. He saw. He didn't grow up with the. Uh, remember they used to tell us there would be razor blades in the apples, and he didn't see. He didn't grow up with that terror. He does. He doesn't even go to school, so, so he's like, mm. he doesn't know anything. He saw it as through his eyes. This is a holiday about sharing. Beautiful. People show up and share. Or was he laying the groundwork for next year? Because that <laughs> sounds like an amazing, like, remember last year? We got to do all this sharing and we grew as a family. Remember that? We met our neighbors. I feel like that's groundwork. So It's brilliant. It was great. It was great. I just want to encourage folks. You know, you may be holding on to something saying, I do this like this. And it's okay to try something. It's it's okay to be fun. We don't have to be deep all the goddamn time, y'all. We weren't deep for we one whole. It, our deep ass fun. family wasn't <laughs> deep, deep for deep, one deep, whole deep, day. Deep, deep, deep. I even said, you know what? Eat a couple pieces of eat candy. Some, did you eat some candy though? I ate some too. I Listen, was sick as them, hell. Them Snickers is gone. <laughs> they they already know you can't come back through my house without giving up them Snickers. I hadn't had a sweet tart since the nineties. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. yeah. I was like, this is revolutionary. This is freedom, baby. This is freedom. It's a little balance. In all the areas. Balance. But then he was like, can we eat more fruits and vegetables? And can we have our daily green juice? Because I don't want to get sick. <laughs> See, the training kicked back in. <laughs> Not even Halloween could push it out. <laughs> well, when you lay about eight and a half years of groundwork. <laughs> that is that is significant groundwork. A little, a little high fructose corn syrup can't interfere can't shake it out what's going on with you thea oh that was a lovely story and i'm about to crash <laughs> through this bitch with the okay gather you, you around can... for this dark tale uh oh a real dark tale <laughs> once upon a time um you know i've just been in a season of like what it really truly costs and takes to expand and I'm so grateful for expansion. And I think we all are. It's things that it's something that we pray for. But there's a, there is a lot of breaking required to expand. And um, so it's been beautiful 
to expand in ways that mean increased travel opportunities, increased opportunities to do things I've never done before, like the art installation that um, that I worked on with Dem Black Mamas in Houston, which was amazing. Like I didn't, I've never put up an art installation it's before. Fun. I've never been to Houston. Like yeah. you know, a lot of those things are really great. Um, and so there's just been like this yes, this constant yes, coming out. And with that yes, my life hasn't shifted to the point where like I'm not still working forty hours. I'm not still working in mental health, which is its own specific um, challenge. Um, still come back to family responsibilities. And so I've, I've, I've been having these experiences of expansion and then immediate contraction back into the like rigidity and the routine of a nine to five. Um, mm. And it's it's been really, really, really challenging. Yeah. Um, even just physically being used to traveling a lot, like recognizing that your body's moving at really fast speeds <laughs> and yeah. then you drop it another time zone and then you try to function normally, but you're not on your equilibrium is off. Right. So like, okay, what can I do to balance myself out? And it's just making me think a lot more about what it takes to have the life that I want which is a life where I can travel and I can talk to people and I can create with people. Um, but that doesn't require the contraction on when I come home. Mm. Um, that more so allows me to like absorb the joy and the energy of what just happened and sit in that and share that with people I love as opposed to like, you know, immediately flip back. And so I couldn't flip back this last trip that I got back. I just couldn't flip back. It's, it's like I was, you know, I don't even know if they make stick shifts anymore, but like if they did, like I couldn't switch back into gear, mm. the gear that let, allows me to cope and function and go back into the, you know, rhythm of, um, of a routine just, just snapped. And for a few days I could not do almost, I couldn't make it through an hour or two without being tearful. Mm. Um, and I mean, there's a lot of factors there. There's could have been fatigue. There could have been, you know, uh, I mean, whatever, but also just working in mental health and taking in stories day in and day out. And sometimes six, seven stories a day and 20 something stories a week. You know, there's only so much cleansing yeah. that you can do for your psyche. Yeah. Um, and it just starts to feel like a blanket mm. over your head. And yet you still have children you want to smile for, partners you want to be there for, friends you want to show up for. And it just becomes this spiral of like um, like quicksand, like trying to climb out of quicksand. And I, I, go, I probably, that's probably happens to me in all honesty, at least twice a year, I'd say. Um, and I've learned over the years to not fight it um, just to kind of like let the wave care, you know, come over me and wait until I can stand again. Mm. Um, and so the first couple of days of it were really like really rough. I feel like the other piece to that though is like, it's just very hard. Sometimes it feels very hard to get people to see you as a human being capable of breaking 
So part of the energy mm-hmm. goes to I'm not convincing, but yeah, convincing people that like, no, 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 I'm really broken. Like I, I really can't. You, were move. you feeling sadness? Like, how would you name it? I hear you saying broken. How would you name like what is the it was definitely there was definitely sadness and there was like some hopelessness mm. and some anger and and so then like because as a therapist as a mother you know as all these things like people come to you for things right and so it's just it's just hard for people who need you to be that person to accept that you're not that person right now yeah you know like they need to believe that you're that person and that you don't break. And so they won't allow themselves to see that no, everyone has moments where they break, including me. And that doesn't mean, which like by day three, bless Oya. I would say like how one thing I notice is how my faith, faith has changed. I used to feel a lot of guilt when I would feel low like that. Like that meant I didn't have good faith. And I knew that wasn't true. I knew there was a part of me that was just fine Mm -hmm. and just very clear. And then there was a human part of me that was just like expressing all these things that needed to be expressed. And so I still would get up and do my prayer and I didn't feel any conflict about that, Um, which was, I think, a part of how I got out of it faster because years ago, you know, that, that can knock me out for like, that could have knocked me out for like two weeks mm-hmm. minimum. Now it's like my lowest low was like about two and a half days. Mm-hmm. And so what changed is when I stopped trying to cope with it and I was like, okay, well, if I'm breaking, I'm breaking, but I trust that I'm going to break for a reason. So I'm just going to break whatever that looks like. And I started to think about what breaking means like that. I assumed that breaking means, you know, failure. Breaking meant weakness. Breaking meant um, incapable. Just all those types of connotations. And then I realized that, but that's not congruent with what I'm living and what I've asked for. Right. And what is congruent is that the reason I would be breaking is to expand. And mm. so I thought about things that break when they expand, like cocoons, mm. you know, or shells, mm. or like you break ground on a new building that you're going to build. And so I, I started thinking of breaking differently, which made me feel better about my breaking. Like I wasn't judging it harshly. I was feeling like, okay, this is a part of the process that I asked for, and I'm grateful for it. Um, I, I want to say something here because it's making me think about Okay, like, for instance, talking consistently about joy and pleasure, Mm -hmm. to me, sometimes there's a pressure to not ever fall into a depression, right? Mm -hmm. And being a therapist, for sure. (laughs) Right, right. So it's like, um, 
you know, I felt a lot of like loneliness Mm -hmm. coming up this last past week and Mm -hmm. just a lot of like harder feelings. Mm -hmm. But when you're saying that about like the different way to look at Mm -hmm. a break Mm -hmm. or even to look at loneliness Mm -hmm. or sadness or depression is like the spectrum, right? Like when we were talking about, um, you know, that the law that it's like, there's no, what's that law? It's like, it's not hot or cold. It's oh, um, the law of polarity. Polarity. Yeah. So in the law of polarity, like it's variations right. on that temperature because right. you don't ever really know when, what it really is. is temperature. Hot it's and cold just, just temperature. It's temperature in yeah. general. Yeah. Right? Period. And so like, Hot is slowly turning into cold. It's like a version of cold. Yeah. It's a version and cold of, is a version of yeah, hot. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's along this range. Yes. And I hear you saying that like like in our feelings and when we're even like on this podcast talking about joy and pleasure. Yeah. I think we've talked about the range. We've talked a lot about the traumas that yeah, come up. Yeah. But we talk about them often as obstacles to our joy and pleasure mm-hmm. instead of like a, a part, part of it. A joy part and of the spectrum. Like that pain and pleasure are exactly. the same. Exactly. What on I'm the same spectrum. Absolutely. Exactly what I'm and saying. so and it's so funny because in talking to my baba, you know, I, I, I was talking to you about what he was saying about gratitude and that it was that you know no matter what is happening it is always moving you forward. Yeah. And so, you know, you don't judge pain differently than you judge pleasure. There's no judgment involved. They're both equally advantageous in terms of moving forward. Yeah. And, and, and so I, I, I never doubted that whatever I was experiencing was purposeful. It just, I, I, I had to acknowledge it was painful and, and pain serves a purpose. And a big part of what I needed to come to terms with um, last week was that I had started to disengage from certain practices because I was somewhat resentful of how much of my energy is used to cope with the work that I do. Mm. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Like if I'm going to be doing these practices, I want to directly benefit from it. I don't want it to be, you know, drained by this. Right. I had, uh, I had decided that. And so in the breaking down of these practices, my body started to experience a lot more pain. I don't really experience a lot of body pain because mm-hmm. I do things daily, you know, right. to like to like manage, to like take care of that and make sure the wheels are spinning and everything's, you know, but I had pulled back because I felt like I'm not doing this just to survive this. Like I, I was trying to teach somebody a lesson. I don't know who, but ulti- <laughs> me, ultimately it was me. And, and, and that's when Oya was like, that stuff was never about coping. And, and, and I want to say something about coping because, you know, coping is necessary. It's not a permanent state. But when people are coping, I don't pick at that scab. Mm. I learned that a long time ago as a therapist. Unless you're prepared to be the thing that keeps that person up and running, don't pick at their coping. Mm. Like you have to allow the mind and the body 
to deal however it needs to deal to get through whatever it needs to get through. And then you slowly can start to introduce new things to replace the coping with once things are more stable. That that is interesting. The thing that stood out to me so much from that conversation with Adrian was really about about harm reduction. Harm reduction. reduction. Yeah. yeah. It's been on my mind a lot. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I think sometimes we, we don't think coping is a we we kind of judge it like we're just coping and it's like that how do you think you get to healing the mm-hmm. how do you get to healed coping is what gets you between acknowledging something's painful and healing it and it doesn't happen overnight and so one thing i had to do was like not judge my coping during that time like like i was still showing up i was still getting things done i was still you know present for my family and then i would fall apart and cry but the coping made it possible that my life kept running somehow yeah while i healed while i got to the lesson yeah now when it becomes like a permanent status where you're staying in your coping it's when it can become harmful because right. it's meant to be a temporary bridge and you do have to deal with what's at the end of that bridge at some point when you're stronger um and so you know just i think for me it was just like always just reminding myself that this is the life that I asked for and I can expand with it and that will require some pain and I can stop and I can feel the pain and I can go low. But I have, I'm very fortunate to have a beautiful support system. You always know when to check on me somehow. Like you always send a message right on time. And I I just have a lot of people around me who are like, listen, whatever you have to do in this moment, I got it. I support it. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, I was even, like I told you, like asking friends that have yeah. similar jobs to have more compassion, yeah. too. Not to say I didn't have compassion no, for you, but to to really Have a true, point of reference, yeah. Yeah, like, can you explain this to me from mm. where you're coming from? Like, what is it like to be a therapist? What is yeah. it like to deal with this thing and to have children? Like, how do you... Yeah. Because I have a different life. Yeah. I have my own stresses, of yeah. course, yeah. you know, and I always say, like, you can't compare pain. Yeah, yeah, right? for sure. Right. But to try to understand someone I love and what they're yeah. going through and like to try to have more perspective if I feel like I don't get it. Like, yeah. if I feel like I don't I don't I hear you, but I don't understand because I'm, I'm not in those shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's definitely a pressure. Not a I mean, you're the person people go to. Who's going to go to a sick doctor? Who's going to get their hair done by somebody whose hair is fucked up? Who's going to get their nails done? By, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's yeah. like there's also this in, 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 in community mental health, college mental health. There's never enough resources. Right. So it's not even that you're just doing therapy like people would do in a private practice where they barely have to care because like it's like centered around their life and what they want. Like that's the benefit of a private practice. It's such it's just, you know. We do have to talk about decolonizing. Yeah, that's yes, for sure. But like definitely when I hear that, it's expecting people to not be people. It is. And that's a product. There was a person who, that's a product there was a, of I white think what supremacy. kicked it off was I had, a, I called in sick and there was someone who said, she's supposed to be there. She's supposed to be there every day. Like, like, like as though... Mm. I couldn't be sick because people need me to be there, like completely invalidating my humanity. And that when I really think about like the catalyst, 
like that put the crack in the cope in the coping. Mm. And then I think it just slowly it slowly the crack opened a little bit, a little bit each time I went back to work after that, because even though like what they said um, shouldn't matter necessarily, but it's kind of like being it was being dehumanized. But that's capitalism. Yeah, that's that's what capitalism says, right? Like it says that no matter what, you have to be this worker. No matter what you're going And it through. was from, it was from, it was from a student. Yeah. So it was like the, like, like. It was looking at you as the commodity. Yes. Like, as an object that just shows up. And so that, like, I, that doesn't, I don't. Yeah. And I have such a human relationship with a lot of my clients. Like it's, I have mm-hmm. such a relational relationship with my clients. Um, and I benefit. I learned so much from them all. This was actually someone that I, 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 I barely saw. Um, but it was just a, it's been a long time since I've interacted with a, cause I've cultivated a space where like our humanity is shared and appreciated and respected together, um, client and therapist. And I set that tone pretty early. Um, so it had been a long time, mm-hmm. but then I, I am an object of the institutions. I'm an object of the field. I'm an object to the country. So I think all of this stuff just then, you know, it's it's so easy to become an object. Like even when you are consistently demonstrating your humanity, it's so easy Mm -hmm. for people to start to attach their needs to you and view you as object. I think it's why there are times I prefer to be alone. And I, and this is another thing that is being challenged in me because like alone, I'm not at risk of that. Right. But I find I'm, I'm pretty high risk for that when I'm with people, unless they're like my close, close friends like you. Mm. Like, um, but I'm, it's pretty high risk um, when I'm around people that because of my personality, because of what I love to do mm-hmm. and how I love to relate, that it's, it's a quick jump from, oh, I like her or I'm attracted to what she does to an object. I mean, I relate to this feeling very much so in that I've been, yeah, I relate to that feeling. I relate to the feeling of being, um, I think, what did I name it this week? I don't think, maybe I called it, not an ear, but just to to be almost as if I'm not here. Mm. Yeah, so I guess that it's, the word object or like a receptacle for things, right? Like you feel, mm-hmm. you feel like people just always place things in you or on you or, I mean, the difficult part is, is that there's a part. So there's for me, the complete understanding that that's my destiny. Right. So they have, I have so much of my destiny that's tied into this work yes this, for sure this work that we're doing on this yeah right? for sure same so yeah so my destiny is definitely to you know i hear messages for people and i have to be like hey like can you drop your child over here because i need to be with them for mm-hmm. <laughs> for all day and like and i need to be present with them and talk to them or hey can you um i need to talk to you about something i'm getting some things for you I know I haven't talked to you in five years but I need to talk to you about this like these are things of like this is just 
part of the way in which that which works through me works right yeah so you know yes so there's that and I understand that but then sometimes I feel oh man I just want to be this person that gets to be broken or I want to be this person that gets to be whiny or that gets to be fragile that gets to be weak whatever that means that gets to be deep in my complaining (laughs) yeah without having to be asked to be more yes and and when people sometimes when people (laughs) give you the the time it's like on a time limit it's like okay you get a day of this yeah (laughs) it's like but i may need more than a day you know so it's complex it is complex and it's relatable and i feel like lots of folks feel that way yeah especially folks that spend a lot of time in care yeah and i'm not talking about people that just define themselves as healers right 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 because i think that that's like there's a a lot of forms of care that we are giving Mm -hmm. constantly Mm -hmm. constantly Mm -hmm. and that people are feeling right now i heard a lot of folks this week saying i'm feeling isolated Mm -hmm. i'm feeling lonely i'm feeling like i don't have anyone to talk to yeah i'm feeling like the people that i desire I'm feeling like the people that I want to talk to aren't listening or they don't want to hear me or they're going through something. Yeah. I feel like when it gets scariest for me is when I lose the desire. Yeah. Like I know there's things I can do and I know there's people I could reach out to, but I don't want to. Like that's when I'm, I scare myself a little bit because I, I'm a person who typically will reach for the thing that will help you feel better. Yes. But it's like, I'm too, I, I don't want to, like, I don't want to reach. And like, that's where I was. Like I knew I could reach, but I didn't want to reach. And I just wanted to be where I I was. I posted some, maybe it was Yersa or Young Pueblo or one of them Instagram Mm -hmm. poets (laughs) talking about identifying the thing in you that wants to feel bad. Mm Mm-hmm that wants to feel that thing longer or just wanted i just maybe like you were saying i just needed to give that part of me permission to to exist for a period of time because it has a right to like it it's a part of me and it takes up some space and it really doesn't get allowed to have that space very often and so if it needs two or three days then i used to tell clients sometimes i still do schedule your depression Guess <laughs> what that shit you know what i'm saying because fighting it right is more energy than saying okay tuesday i ain't got no classes so tuesday i'm gonna i'm gonna be depressed so that wednesday i can get up take this test right like mm. and schedule it like because and i don't do that myself i don't even think to do it because it just never occurs to me that i need a day to just completely allow myself to feel even when I have a day I'm typically happy because I'm like free (laughs) so I don't go into the I don't make space for some of the darker emotions Um, but maybe I need to think about ways that I could uh, do that deep cleanse like during the full moon or during my cycle in a way like take a day of darkness to just acknowledge some of those i mean it's scorpio time this is good lord this is the perfect time this is a perfect time go dark baby go Go dark dark. go deep 
that's what this is about. Yeah, you're go right. Go dark, go deep, go into the shadow, mm-hmm. feel it, embrace it. We should probably do an episode on the shadow next time. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Yeah, we should probably. It's perfect. Perfect timing for that. It's perfect. Um, I want to talk about pleasure after we We're just, just going to make a hard left. <laughs> but is it? No, because we said it's on the spectrum. Yeah. So we're not making a hard left. We are sliding uh-huh. to the other side of the spectrum. I want to talk about it because principles me- of pleasure. Uh, okay. You know, I like to every now and then, y'all. Okay. You know, I like to drop it on okay, y'all. Y'all vocals. don't know me like you think you know me. I got all kind of gifts up in here. Okay, vocals. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, is when I'm in that place that you were describing, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about, okay, hello, Taurus. What can I do to feel good? Hello, Taurus. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, what am, what can I do to feel good right now? Like it's really simple for me. It's I think like I'd be thinking, what can I burn <laughs> down? I'm like, what can I do? I feel I feel low. Mm-hmm. What can I do? What's one thing that I can do to feel good? Now, now these things that I can do when I'm thinking that are simple things. They're like, yeah, I can put a pillow under my neck that'll feel a little bit better right right i could go outside and feel the today uh, this grass beneath my feet today i was letting the sun hit my legs Mm -hmm. and going past the point of comfortability because it was really hot right right and just like no let them burn let them burn (laughs) see let it burn It's like a little That's the painful. fire sign coming out. <laughs> little painful. Like, little but it's painful. like also like how much can I stand? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, you know, it's like a little little eroticism. Yeah. yeah. Me and the sun outside. Yeah. You know, no draws. No draws. It was great. Letting it be. You know what I'm saying? But the but I wasn't in a good particular headspace. At, but mm-hmm. when I but at that little thing. Yeah. I came back to that at a certain point. I think by like day three, I was like, okay, bitch. You in a lot of emotional pain, but you can drink this green juice. Right. And if that's all you can do, do that. Like you can, if I, what I eventually said to myself was being in emotional pain doesn't mean necessarily that you, your body has to go with it. So like, but two, this is what I was trying to say. The part of you, not you, Thea, but mm-hmm. the part of the person that likes to feel something like that. For instance, a lot of folks when they're feeling depressed, they listen to really sad Fucked music. Fucked up music. Yeah. Or things and, that bring them gas, like ice cream. <laughs> but but I'm saying, like, they're listening to this yeah. sad music, and you're only going deeper. Yeah. But there's something pleasurable. I was about to say, there is something. <laughs> yes, I'm with you now. There you know is, what I'm saying? There, there's no. A, there's a part No, for of, sure. Listen, I've always said depression, people don't do it because it feels bad. <laughs> I'm, this is going to sound really fucked up. Out of anxiety and depression, anxiety feels Terrible. shitty. But <laughs> depression starts off feeling really fucking great because you it's like a way of like like closing the door on the world, yep. putting on your most comfy slippers, sliding into your most comfortable sweats and I'm putting yourself wrapping yourself in this blanket, but and then and then you just fucking sit there and zone the fuck out and it starts off Feeling really kind of good. <laughs> this is and all then I'm you to realize say. there's a part of the person that's yeah. kind of into that yeah. shit. And then you realize, like, I've been under this blanket for three days. <laughs> I smell like f- <laughs> funky ass 
flaming hot Cheetos. I smell like these potato chips. I smell like the, and a bitch has got to get it together. <laughs> but it's it. We don't start it because we started because we all need to stop, and I think it gives us a great breathing I've been, space for I'm, a second. I've been up in these stores trying to find a new robe because I realized <laughs> I've had a black big fluffy robe <laughs> that's actually it feels like depression. <laughs> it feels it looks like I'm like why do when I you have put it on what are your kids or your kids are like I think mommy's in there. <laughs> I, mommy's in I the hadn't room. worn it in a long time. But when I I said this I need a good robe. I'm a, but I was like, I think I should get a blue robe, like something a little lighter, something to. You know what's so interesting? But this is so true. I remember my grandmother sent Becky's. You know, they would wear the uh, house coats, right? And <laughs> she sent us a bunch of house coats. And my, my sister was like a teenager, <laughs> and she started wearing these house coats around the house. And I swear to God, she aged by like <laughs> 30, 40 years. <laughs> And I was like, bitch, are you going to put on clothes? Every Like, she just started moving slower. <laughs> Do Like, I don't think she had clothes underneath there for a while. Like, I was like, what are you What are you doing? You're literally aging before my eyes because of the house coat. Like, it just, the comfort of it made her just feel like less. It made you give less fucks is what it did. This is an interesting This is so interesting. <laughs> but is that pleasure, right? And, like, talking about this pain, pleasure, I'm saying relationship. I'm saying sometimes pleasure is not giving a fuck. Some, some. I think you ought to some, to some, the point where you some, smell like flaming hot Cheetos. Some there's a lot to be said about loving under them covers, loving that sad music, like, loving that pint of ice cream, letting that hair go, like just like a lot of shit. Like to be honest, the points where I felt the most depressed are the points where I felt like I had to pull out from underneath the blanket. Mm. to show up mm. right like when i was like fuck i gotta put on jeans right you know what i'm saying or that means i do my hair right like that shit was what would trigger me to like throw a full fucking tantrum right well because you wanted to be free i wanted to be under them covers i wanted to be in the black robe you you wanted to be in your in your funk in my funk so there's something about the pleasure For sure. of the the pleasure. And that is why, I remember I said, I had no desire to reach out. Yeah. I had no desire for anybody. Because, you know what? If I would called you, would have pulled me out the funk. I didn't want to come out the funk. Because <laughs> you were feeling it. Make my funk the pee funk. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I want to get funked. <laughs> I want everyone to know that's Thea. Thea come with the vocals today. I want to talk about what so is. I want everybody to know. <laughs> what is pleasure? Okay, so this, from pleasure activism, Pleasure is a feeling of happy satisfaction or enjoyment and to give sexual and to give sexual enjoyment or satisfaction to another. Okay, here's another definition. Pleasure is a broad class of mental states. Okay, broad, so. Mm-hmm. That humans and other animals experience as positive, enjoyable, or worth seeking. See, when we're just talking about that depression as a pleasurable place sometimes. Right. That's broad. And it's worth seeking. Worth <laughs> say. It includes more specific mental states such as happiness, entertainment, enjoyment, and ecstasy and euphoria. And I would add relief. Hmm. Yeah. I think relief is a big like 
Yeah, and that's a big motivator. The early psychological concept of pleasure, the pleasure principle, describes it as a positive feedback mechanism that motivates the organism to recreate the situation it has just found pleasurable and to avoid past situations that caused pain. The experience of pleasure is subjective and different individuals experience different kinds and amounts of pleasure in the same situation. Many pleasurable experiences are associated with satisfying basic biological drives, such as eating, exercise, hygiene, sleep, and sex. We're animals. Animals. (laughs) All of us. The appreciation of cultural artifacts and activities such as art, music, dancing, and literature is often pleasurable. Mm. So first I want to talk about who taught us about pleasure. Who taught us to feel good, our pleasure lineage. Fia. Who taught you to feel good? This was a hard one. Like, I really don't have a marker in my brain from early on about pleasure. I feel like I, from childhood, I was like long suffering. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless I was alone. When I was alone, what brought me pleasure? I probably in another lifetime would have starred in like some type of Broadway musical, but was like I would create these entire worlds in my room. I, I love stuffed animals. I love to give them backstories. I loved that they had relationships with each other, and like they would I, would, I would be like helping them, like don't be mad at this one. Mrs. Rabbit didn't mean that. Mr. Bear, you got to let her forgive her. You guys are best friends. Like there'll be a whole, I would create this whole elaborate world in my room that would bring me a tremendous amount of pre- pleasure. And I think even then I, I was, I felt like being around other people meant taking care of them in some capacity mm. or meant work or responsibility. Right. Um, and so I, I did isolate quite a bit, but I, I wasn't alone I had like all these characters that I created. So, and and in that space, they were intuitive about what I needed and vice versa. And I think that was like, those are like, when I think about pleasure as a child, that and reading would bring me so much tremendous pleasure. And it was an element of fantasy to that, that I think was definitely a part of the blueprint when I really look back. but one of the first times I thought about pleasure in an erotic sense um, was I was traveling. I can't remember where I was going, but for some reason I had downloaded a lot of prints. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't even remember. But it wasn't like just like the stuff you hear on the radio, clearly. Right. This was like whole albums, which meant the shit that can't get played on the radio. Right. Was being, was being played. And so I remember being on the plane. And Prince, it was a specific song, Head, came on. And I was like, Head, I'm going to masturbate as soon as I get to where I'm going. As soon as this plane lands, right? Um, Like, I I didn't, I knew his music was like sexy, but I didn't realize the full scope of the eroticism of it. And just like the the fucking boldness of it. Like, I just like, Mm. that was a real big... Uh, awakening moment for me um I would also say um Octavia Butler Mm. um because I remember 
reading like Parable of the Sower and Wild Seed and the, her, her female characters had so much dominion over their sexuality. They did. Like it was like they was running shit. Over their lives. Over their lives. But a lot, they drew power and they controlled their sexuality. Even down to fledgling. Like this was like yeah. in a young per, young woman's body. Right. And it was, had multiple lovers and was dominating spaces, you know. And so I think that book really also, I mean, Octavia Butler's work all also introduced me to that um, as well. And the, the last person I would say is our friend Crystal. Because I remember like mm. traveling to a gig with her I, I might have shared this story before but I said she you know Crystal back then was even more flamboyant <laughs> we remember uh, everything was matching pink on pink on pink pink on pink on pink on pink on pink on pink and and I was like hey do you ever think in my naive voice um that like you know you know wearing these out bring so much attention to yourself that maybe that intimidates people and like that they would like feel a little off put and she was like Oh, you think people like you because you're nice? Like, you, they don't talk about you because you're nice? And I was like, I kind of did think that. And she was like, you better do what you want to do anyway because people are always going to have something to say about it. And I don't think she realized at the time, but that was like one of my first adult pleasure principles was like, do what you want to do because either way, people are going to have a thought about it. You know, our other Aries friend, Kyrie, she says, yes, the other, the other, fuck them and feed them fish on Fridays. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what the fish on Fridays means. She inherited that saying from her mother. I love it. She's been telling it to me for damn near 20 years. I should actually list her as one of the people on my, is she listen, on your list? Can listen. we share that person? Because Kyrie, Listen, let me talk. Karishi taught us all let, let me start about with, pleasure. Let me talk. Let me start with my pleasure. Okay, literature. you do yours. With, do yours. I'm gonna start with Kairishi at the top, even though yes. we didn't meet at the beginning we of life. <laughs> Kairishi, nobody. If you listening, because you probably are enjoying yeah, you are. yourself. Yes. <laughs> all I gotta say is get y'all a friend that enjoys their fucking life okay and don't give no fucks about Gives it zero fucks about what other people think about what she's doing what's less than zero like literally <laughs> like and I, here's the thing we could tell a million Kyrie stories and she would be like yes bitch like she would not have not an ounce of fear about any of those things she doesn't even say yes bitch but no, does she say yes bitch she don't, no she doesn't say bitch oh wow <laughs> I do something Kyrie she doesn't do. She doesn't. She she herself has like a a sexy podcast yes, as she does. well where she talks about all of her sexual escapades. <laughs> it's very like when very... she disappeared on me at that colors of the diaspora fundraiser. <laughs> it's like where'd you go? And she just looked at this guy and I was like, okay, well, I'm here for you. It's your fundraiser. <laughs> she was like, thank you, thank you, boo. <laughs> But Kai has really taught me how great it feels to feel good. And that and there that. doesn't need to be any shame associated right. with you feeling good. Right. So that is like, yeah, we could tell lots of sexy stories and she tells sexy stories. But honestly, when I was living in the Bay, I had one friend. I lived there for six months. She's my only friend. And if anyone is at, when you meet me in real life, you'll know this is crazy that I had one friend <laughs> because I'm the friendliest human. But I was just like, I don't need another friend. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
And I was just like, I don't need another friend. I have Kairishi, you know, and everywhere we would go, she would dance mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. She would be in the aisles, like just full out fame, baby, just full out, just Debbie Allen all the way, Alvin Ailey, full dance routines in every single grocery store aisle. <laughs> and I would just be dying laughing, sometimes joining in, sometimes not, <laughs> never ashamed. She was so happy and everyone would be like, do you see that girl dancing in aisle three? Like she was so like, just... and bring joy. People were, but she wasn't joy. even thinking about the niggas. It wasn't for them. No, niggas. it wasn't. Like, it wasn't. She was never thinking about anyone else. She was just enjoying herself and feeling the pleasure of being in her own body and the things that her body can do. The things that her booty can do. (laughs) (laughs) The things that her booty could do were incredible. And just being around her taught me and continues to teach me on a daily basis. We can go a whole lifetime and we will not master this. To Kyrie, if we make that the goal of our lifetime, I think we'll get pretty far. I mean, she, but I, she, I'd she, have to live like three lifetimes to really master it the way Kyrie she but has. But she teases me all the time because I'm like everyone knows a foodie. So, yeah. but she's not like she just doesn't enjoy food that much. Mm-hmm. Just like it's whatever, it's fuel. And I, you know, I fucking love food, but it's just like the different things that bring us pleasure. Yeah, and how she's taught me how to be so unashamed yeah. about what you enjoy yeah and not having yeah any she's a wonderful person to have in your uh orbit oh my god period in such a, and such an excellent friend and then you know my my first pleasure teacher was probably my aunt mm-hmm. uh, my mom's sister she enjoyed herself my entire life i watched her enjoying herself enjoying her study of science mm-hmm. or enjoying fashion or enjoying mm-hmm. she would always take me on little trips just me and her she had all boys so she would put me in the car and was like you want to go get french fries do you want to go get popcorn and i would be little and it was just like these little trips where we have these little snacks and we listen to music and we talk and we just enjoy being together mm-hmm. but i noticed something that was different about her than other women she was never in the place of like centering what other people thought right. in terms of what she wanted to do that would feel good. Right. 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 So even to this day, she's like, Noni, I'm going to eat this bacon. And I'm just like, <laughs> right. Right. She's like, I love bacon. And I'm like, and I don't want to hear anything about it. I'm like, you're like over 60. Stop eating bacon. Like, it's bad for you. No, 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 no. No, it's bad for you You. because you think that in your mind (laughs) and you've created that narrative for yourself. You know, she's like a very evolved spiritual person. Mm -hmm. She's like, you know, as long as I'm feeling good when I'm eating it and I'm thinking positive thoughts and I'm enjoying myself. This wine is going to go down just fine. And my body will love it. And I'm like. Okay. Like, what can I say? What can you say? What can I say to that? Pleasure people. Like, literally, there's no comeback for them. Like, they come with bars, and you literally can't, you can't talk. They make a good argument. Listen, when I was 14 and had my first little boyfriend, and she caught us doing 
little nasty stuff <laughs> at her house on the couch thinking she wasn't home. There was no shaming involved. Mm. There was none of that. She was like, hey, this is okay. You're exploring what you're doing right. with your body. You don't need to do this on the couch for everyone to see. Right. No matter who you think is home or not right. home. Right. You need to like be clear about what you're doing. And I know it feels good. It was very much like, I know that feels good. Right. I and understand. It's natural. I like doing those things too. Right. <laughs> like, and having those, that person around that wasn't. Yeah. Shaming it. Shame or not, just wasn't prudish. Mm-hmm. Like in my home, my mom wasn't talking about those things. That wasn't something that she wanted to discuss, but my aunt was leaning all the way into her yeah. sexiness and it was very clear that though she was a very classy woman, she was a sexy woman yeah. that other men found sexy and that she found pleasure in the fact that other people found, found her sexy. Yes, but but it was never her focus. Mm-hmm. It was always, I love fashion. Yeah. I love these clothes I'm putting on. Yeah. I love, she used to like go thrift store shop. Yeah. Of vintage stores and like mm, antique. Being unique and having her own. You know what I'm own, saying? Yeah. Like she was just this teacher for me of enjoyment. Another one was definitely Alice Walker and Intizaki Shange and like all of both of their works yeah. was all about enjoying themselves. Yeah. And you know, I think like all the people that I'm I'm talking about that are my pleasure lineage teachers mm-hmm. center themselves. Yeah. Their pleasure does not come from giving pleasure to others. Right. Their pleasure comes from just enjoying themselves. Yeah. You know? And and that ends up being without you even thinking about it, without you even planning it, a blessing for other people to watch. Right. And witness. It really does. It ends up being this thing where like people see that and they're like, I want to do that. I want to be. I want to. Yes. I want to watch that. I want to do that. I want to be that. And it's literally just Mm -hmm. that person being their fullest self. I want to talk about the erotic too. Right. So the erotic is defined as relating to sexual desire. And like when I really thought like about pleasure and pleasure's relationship to sexuality, like you're talking about Prince, right? Like right. what was your introduction? Prince is one, right? But like what was your introduction to what eroticism Me. is? Yeah. You know, when I think about the erotic, I I I remember like during my sex therapy training, they had a chart and they had a big bubble and then it had like a smaller bubble on the inside. And in the small bubble they put sex and in the big bubble they put the erotic. Mm. And that like people think the erotic is in the, the small bubble, but it's actually everything outside of that. And like it's that that is a part of it, but that it's like this bigger thing. So what I've what how I really define and how I see the erotic is creative kinetic energy mm. that creates something. Like it's this kinetic energy that sparks the creation of something. So it's the boom, right? It's the birth. It's the it's the it's the energy that pushes something okay. to exist. The spanda. Mm-hmm. The spanda. And so like 
I think we've talked about this before. You can have an erotic moment with somebody at a grocery store where like, you're like, Ooh, that was a great conversation. And like, I'm thinking of something very different and that's erotic. It's transformational. It's these transformational moments. They happen all the time, but we don't think of it as the erotic. How do you, when with, with the erotic as a definition of sexual desire, how does that work for you? Even still, so that to me is when we stop limiting sexual desire as physical sex. But when we think about sex as the act, like acting on what you desire, that could be emotional, that could be psychological, that could be spiritual, that could be financial, right? If I see a dress that makes me feel like, oh, girl, I'm about to kill it in this dress and I go ahead and purchase it to me, that's sexual and it's financial because I'm acting on my desire, Right. Mm. And so if I think about all these things as erotic, it opens up the field of what I can experience as pleasure and what I can experience as transformational through that pleasure. Mm. Right. Like just the act of me buying this dress that makes me feel so good. It's going to transform my attitude whenever I wear that dress. Right. I'm going to feel like bad about it. Right. Right. Um, And so I think like that piece. It didn't start clicking for me until Oya. Um, because when people first would talk about her, they would talk about her very darkly. Like she was over dark, only darkness. And thinking about the law of polarity, right? That light and dark are on the same mm-hmm. spectrum. And that darkness is not the opposite of light, but they're actually reflections of each other. Right. Then if for Oya to be this darkness means she also must be complete light, right? I, I want to clarify here because we've mm-hmm. referenced it twice. We're talking about a book called The Cabalion. Mm-hmm. In The Cabalion, they Thank have you. like the different laws like are basically like the basic laws of the universe. Yeah, the seven basic laws. Of the yeah, universe. so mm-hmm. I can link the... I'll link it. Yeah, so we talk about the law of polarity. Mm-hmm. That's from the Kabbalion. Mm-hmm. But also with the book we talked about before, Kali Rising references this Shakti, Oya, you know, right. energy as well. And so Oya really changed my idea about my right to engage things that are erotic. And I think this is really interesting. <laughs> I'm going to make a little touch point here. When we think about monogamy. Okay. So... Okay. When we think about monogamy, because we only think of eroticism in terms of physical sexuality, we feel like people can't have erotic moments with people who they're not in a relationship with. Hmm. But I feel like you and I have had erotic moments because we've had transformational moments. Moments where we've had this sponda between us Mm -hmm. and it was not sexually based. But if we think of sex as something that is an act of desire that we act on that leads to some form of transformation, then it is erotic. You know, and so I think sometimes in monogamy, we like restrict all forms of Mm. this interaction, which you could have a really pleasant fucking conversation with a stranger and it'd be like, pooh, like that changed my life. Like, yeah, I think maybe I refer to that as like intimacy, like different forms of intimacy. It Yes. And but I'm thinking about those moments that are just like, like a sponda, like they're they're brief. And they're like, ooh, the, trans, that they're trans- kind of transactional. That, that deep, uh, 
transformational moment where it's the a, aha it's the like aha. the aha you have with say, someone aha. and then you're both like whoa, whoa yeah <laughs> and it's like this person from a totally different walk of life or something like that and it's not that you're like attracted to them or want anything from them it's just kismet that the two of you were in the same place thinking the same thing at the same time and it confirms something in your life and their life and it's beautiful but we don't allow that sometimes because we attach to it this idea of like physical sexuality I think it's interesting. Um, I definitely think about eroticism in conjunction with sexual, physical. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if I would use the word physical. I think I think of eroticism as um, the, as desire, as sexual desire Mm. and the creation of sexual desire. I think my, one of my early teachers of eroticism was like a partner I had, um, early on like I think I was only 18 or mm-hmm. something but he was like maybe 25 or something like that but he's a very very playful human being mm-hmm. and he was a, also a person who didn't believe in monogamy just a, whatever it was was just always trying to have fun and make a joke mm-hmm. and that applied to sexuality as well mm-hmm and that created eroticism in our exchange. He was a teacher to me that I had I had had sex before and it wasn't quite enjoyable. Mm-hmm. But he made it a good fucking time. Mm-hmm. And because everything was a good time. Mm-hmm. And so hmm. like it was like how do I put it? Like he was a person who was always joking with everyone that he was gonna like lick their toes, mm-hmm. you know, like <laughs> to mm-hmm. be specific, like mm-hmm. not just like the people he was sleeping with, but just like I'm gonna lick your toes. Mm-hmm. Like he was just, and he's telling you that as he's like making you a meal, or he's like cleaning something for mm-hmm. you. It was just every moment was a moment of connection, a moment of laughter, a moment of of expressing that desire for the person and I really started to expand my idea of like sex is like you know penis vagina Mm -hmm, or vagina mm -hmm. vagina or penis anus Mm -hmm. or whatever all the arrangements (laughs) all of the arrangements so because in my mind that was sex or penis and mouth or vagina and mouth or whatever right mouth to mouth but like there were all of these other places on the body to embrace and in the world so that story to me is exactly what i was saying like think of the big bubble is the erotic and then the small bubble is sex and so we often in society try to shrink the erotic into the idea of just sex but really when he's telling a a stranger or a person visiting the house i want to look your toes it's not necessarily but the body was involved. So this is what I'm oh, trying I to say. Oh, I see what you're saying in that this case. Is, okay. this, in, in, in all cases, mm-hmm. this is what why I think of it as eroticism, mm-hmm. is that the body was a place of play and expansion mm-hmm. that could be engaged to have pleasure. Like there's mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. that part of Adrian's interview, which I love, which is like, you're walking around with these nipples mm-hmm. and like any part of your body yeah, yeah, can be can, can be engaged to send all of these pleasure moments through the rest of your body. So right? what about like in Tantra where they don't touch? 
Right. So this is the part, right? Right. Like there's a lot of tantric practices that require no touch just to prove right. that the erotic is like an energy that can exist. For sure. Yeah. And I think that's... But the but the pleasure is... But to me, when you're talking about that in tantra, let's say that you're mm-hmm. doing like eye gazing or a breathing exercise where you're in front of the other person and what you're exchanging is energy Mm -hmm. but where are you feeling that and that's but that's to everything where do you feel sadness where do you feel pain you know what i mean like ultimately this is the body is the carrier for all those things but my but see my point like it doesn't have to actually you can you can have the energy exchange and experience without ever like touching physically touching the body Mm. you know like when somebody hurts your feelings they make you sad you know and they don't have to hit you no right and so i think we i think with eroticism it's very similar like we Mm. we can experience and i think we create more joy in our lives when we do allow ourselves this is my whole point to experience it in a non-physical sexual way we can experience it there too but i think like to think about the fact that in the line at a bank, you can have an exchange that is like amazing mm-hmm. and then go back to whoever you go back to and be like, this was an, I met an amazing person today. Right. But that you were open to having that mm-hmm. because you didn't attach it to like sex or cheating or monogamy. I, I'm, I'm specifically thinking about that because when we think about this very right. rigid idea of monogamy, right. we really cut ourselves off from experiences with of, other people that are not human yeah beings. and eroticism is that like you know they're really great opportunities that are not cheating but that can be very erotic and can be like transformational okay girl i think so watch out mark no no you're not no y'all don't even sit in this he'll be like what do you mean by this podcast is for me what's your pleasure philosophy at this moment in time because i think it will change over the lifespan um my pleasure philosophy is that pleasure is a birthright Mm. um that it's not something we have to ask permission to access that it's not something that we have to be authorized to engage it is ours the moment we're born and there's a lot of liberation in accessing that um it's one of my big goals is to get people to like hey if you're waiting to be free please yourself right now right (laughs) like Mm -hmm. you have you have the power to do that so that's probably my biggest pleasure principle right now mine is the pleasures in the presence finding pleasure in being present with Mm. folks and being as um uh, we talked earlier before we started recording as naked and transparent as you can and that that is where we're finding those big what we're talking for me that's where I'm finding my erotic moments Mm -hmm. so right now it's all about being super present and finding that connection because we're in this crazy disconnected era yes lord like (laughs) like distraction as a religion oh wow (laughs) it is another (laughs) t-shirt but it's like being really present yeah with someone and really looking and really talking and then also for me i find great pleasure in being present and connecting Mm -hmm. and then going to connect to myself yeah. and then returning 
and doing that ebb and flow mm-hmm. is really important to me mm-hmm. to have constant presence, 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 presence mm-hmm. with another human mm-hmm. is overwhelming. Yep. And I find a lot of pres- pleasure in being present with myself. You know, I do. <laughs> Girl, you know, I do. As I get older, it gets worse because I really feel like the more you learn to love yourself, the more you're like, this isn't bad. This is actually a lot easier than a lot of the other stuff I have to do. To love yourself? Yeah. Yeah, it is, it is not that hard. It is not. It's harder with other people sometimes. It is. It is. But that's where, to me... The balance. The balance mm. is. But, but also, I find I have, my, I have such a great pleasure in sharing. Mm-hmm. Like, it brings me a lot of... I mean, I guess that's why my child said this is a holiday about sharing. Which I told you was brilliant because you're already (laughs) laying the groundwork for next year and I can hear it. What are you going to say next year? Yeah, there's a lot of pleasure in in sharing for me and making like sharing what makes me feel good and watching other people feel good through it. But not how you talked about a long time ago about like your granny that only felt the pleasure by watching someone else eat the chicken. Well, like, yeah, the, the. that's the black grannies, you know, abuelitas. They they like they want other people to do the third person, you know. But knowing that my presence is bringing another pleasure, yeah. only expands for my sure. Pleasure. I and can see that. The last kind of thing I wanted to talk about are daily practices of pleasure. So, do you have some? Oh, I do. Go ahead, girl. What do oh, you do? One of the one of my favorite daily practices is to water my grass, water my plants, mm-hmm. spend time with them in the morning and water them and give to them and allow them to give back to me. And at a certain point after it's all wet, I will stand in the wet grass and find like a little piece of sun if there's sun peeking through and just kind of sit there and just have this really nice moment of remembering like, this is what we're here about. Like, this is what it's all for. Mm. Um, to this oneness and I'll make myself some tea and I find pleasure in making tea for my husband too mm. um, and it brings me a lot of pleasure to like wake up my shrines in the morning to, mm. to greet them and say good morning and light incense and all that stuff um, those things really even though like I know I started the podcast like heavy about like the heavier parts of mental health it also brings me a lot of pleasure to connect in session, like in the actual sessions, like to see us go from point A to point B or the just the amount of trust and like give and take that happens in those sessions is really, really like spectacular. And I think sometimes like because I've been doing the work a long time, I don't always sit and realize wow a small miracle just happened right Mm. like somebody just shifted and i shifted with them right and like because that's become a part of my everyday life like i don't always think about how miraculous that is but i plan on entering this week um noticing those miracles and maybe even counting them just for fun Mm. um and so i think i love the other part of my pleasure is um just being able to um, listen to any, like new music. I always try to take in a new music, somebody I've never heard of, some song or some artist I've never heard of each week 
and like play them in my office while I'm um, um, writing notes or different things like that. So I, I, I've gotten much better at incorporating pleasure, particularly into my pain, right? Into the spaces where are, it's sometimes difficult for me. How do I bring pleasure into that experience through scent and through touch and through all these tactile things? So those are some of my daily ones. Like, yeah, especially though, the, the water mm. and the grass and the greeting of my shrines are a big, big part of my pleasure. I think for me, water is like really, really big. It's mm. always been the way that I kind of reset myself. I've always been the person that takes like two or three showers <laughs> yeah. or baths a day. Like, but I have like really simple pleasure practices that I do daily like I have a high budget for <laughs> face products <laughs> shout out to my Taurus <laughs> I have every single time I'm going to buy like a $80 face cream I'm like I remember that from when we lived together <laughs> you was not fucking around with your face products and two, look, it, look, look, and I look the exact same <laughs> you do look as I did then. You do, you do. <laughs> because look, I'm, bitch, I'm on it. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting out dough now too. So you convince me. <laughs> look, it's like no, he's like a fucking teenager. I'm totally doing that shit. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> because look, it brings me great pleasure to look young. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the act, the tactile act of like the actual. It's like yeah, just taking your time with rubbing it Ooh, in. I love like <laughs> no, to said, pull Ooh. the soap, my little black soap with emu oil. Yeah. I love to pull that <laughs> into my fingers and then and then rub it in between my fingers so and wonderful. then put it on and then the smell of it. Like I love it. it you have All no idea how much, you love it. how much I love it. Like, I'm like, it oh. makes you slow down too. I think it's, when you do that process, it's such a wonderful thing. And then to get out and then to put on my $80 face cream and then to feel the lightness in it. And like, I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's such a light face, texture. Y'all. It's such a good texture. This is like the cream. only thing I've seen you get excited about is food. <laughs> sex. And sex. Yes. yes I love touch Food, sex and faces Look I love the touch It's like the tactileness yeah. of Finding the right I find a great pleasure Oh my, my girl Viva Viva came through early Teaching me about just <laughs> Egyptian cotton sheets You know like right now These new mm. these new linen sheets yeah. That I got And then just like Feeling the touch. that the touch is like a new version yeah. for me. These linen sheets because okay. they are a little scratchy, uh huh, but and a little rough. That's, that goes back to the beginning. But it feels it's a little pain and a little pleasure. <laughs> like we're bringing it full circle. Fucking good. And then you know, right now I got a weighted blanket. Like I'm talk to me about this weighted blanket. Listen, you about I to feel, make me go on Amazon? I, I feel like I'm telling our audience all my secrets. But like, what is a weighted blanket? I want one. Now that I think about Amazon? it. I'm a bitch who's really dedicated to pleasure. Like, I really... Did you doubt that, Noni? <laughs> like, literally, I don't understand. That was never a question for me that you... I was I was the one who was long-suffering, remember? You... Oh, no. You should be on my pleasure list of people who taught me, fuck it. I'm looking at weighted, as we speak, weighted blanket yes, on Amazon. weighted blanket. So I put... Well, we got all of these different 
different weights, okay? And then I tried each one out to see which one brought me the most pleasure. The super heavy, heavy ones made me feel claustrophobic. How, what, what, I see see a list here known. 15 pounds, is that too heavy? That made me feel claustrophobic personally, but other people, it brings them a lot of pleasure. Me, I like a nice five to seven pounds because it's just enough. (laughs) Let me look at five to seven pounds. (laughs) It's just enough weight to make you feel like no a cozy hug. yes or depressed no <laughs> no not depressed no the 15 pounds can go into yeah, like it's really a, yes. it's a little too far but the other ones are just kind of heavy i'm just y'all my daily rituals around pleasure are numerous they begin it's at numerous. six in the morning and they start with getting that face wash, getting that cream, going and making my juice, <laughs> doing my face. fresh juice. Why are so many of these for kids? They don't do these for hey, adults. Hey, 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 focus. I'm telling you. I'm my sorry. List. You're right. You, 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 you got me stuck on the weighted blanket. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying order to tell you right about away. my other ones. Okay. I got to write these down. Getting my cold glass of water, which your body doesn't love, but I love it. But it does. It does wake you up. Especially pregnant. And so getting that cold glass of water with ice and key limes. Here's the key, (laughs) y'all. Key limes. The body is creating electricity. Okay? Key limes are good in your water. In the cold water. My practices are so simple. Sitting and sitting down and taking in some breaths. Doing a little chanting. Holding, holding, you know, <laughs> holding yourself a little, a little um necklace, beaded necklace, or you can go through each one just mm-hmm. to. Home shanti shanti home, very pleasurable. Very pleasurable. I promise you, home you shanti. You got this shit down shanti. to the side. Just very, you're not in a good mood. Go ahead and and take them beads mm. out. Boom. Om like shanti. prayer beads. Yes, mm-hmm. the prayer beads, the te- feeling that tactileness as you chant. Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. Just to hear that voice. This morning, I told you I wasn't in the mood this morning. Mm-hmm. So I had to go get a guitar. Start picking that guitar. The feeling of the the strings string. on my fingers mm-hmm. and hearing those beautiful sounds emerge. I just needed to play the guitar for 20 minutes. I was straight. Like all of these things kind of for me come back to touch feel and also grounding grounding yeah but for me my greatest pleasure is in creating something yeah that is my personal to me yeah absolutely daily practice and orgasm i cannot get through a day without creating something yeah i agree it could be you know a new meal it can be it makes me so happy it could be that green juice that I'm making every morning because I don't make I'm not one of those people that's going to make the same juice every day. You know, of course not. No. Why would we think that? <laughs> of course not. <laughs> I'm like, today it's going to be like... about beets. Today I'm feeling beets and lemons. What kind of flavor profile can I create? What kind of party flavor profile? <laughs> this is serious. <laughs> Y'all, all these questions that we're asking and I wanted us to talk about is because, you know, kind of closing it out, I wanted y'all to start thinking about what is your pleasure lineage? What does pleasure mean to you? What does eroticism mean to you? What 
what are the things that you're doing every day to create pleasure? You know, we've talked about self-care and I'm sure we'll talk about it again. But I think daily practices of pleasure yeah. are very different than I have to do my self-care. Yeah. Yes. This is a very yes. different conversation. It's about making integrating pleasure into your life. Like it's not a separate thing from your life. It's integrated into your life. It's built into the program. It's built into the ritual. It's built into the routine of your life. Like I have essential oil spray that I spray in my office. My students always say, Your office smells amazing. It always will. That scent. Yeah. I just I mm-hmm. I have this scent that I just revisited. And as I put it on, it brings me so much joy. One, in knowing I've never smelled anything like it from anyone else. And so it's just like, this is the smell of me. Mm-hmm. And I love mm. this smell, this me smell. But, you know, even when my students say that, they immediately, it's like it's like a home for them. It's like, yeah. it's like it immediately, immediately lets them know they're back in this space and they're okay here. You know, it's such a pleasure to know, like you were saying with the sharing, that I do that for me to cleanse between spaces, but also it's amazing to know that that they benefit from it as well. And I think that the pleasure practice can be, can replace, like, you know, they, have you ever heard of this term ditch and switch? Mm -mm. It's like take out all of your dirty products and add like clean products. Mm. So products that aren't toxic. You learn this from goop. <laughs> Don't you worry about where I, I learned my shit. Okay. No, it's not. This from, sounds like some goop shit. It does sound like goop shit, but it's not from goop. But I try to do that with mm. pleasure ditch and switch. Right. So if you're just like brushing your teeth, and this, and this, by the way, this is my wrap up, my words from the art. Okay. If you're just like brushing your teeth every day, why don't you find the best possible fucking toothbrush on the planet and your favorite toothpaste? Like I am constantly in search of the best possible toothbrushing experience, <laughs> the best possible face. This is something yes, you do every yes. day. The best socks that you can put on your feet, <sighs> the best texture of of clothing that can you know what i'm saying like it's literally taking these small moments that are in your life and finding the most pleasurable way that you can experience them Mm. and Mm -hmm. those create these rituals of joy for yourself i'm not gonna remember to center your pleasure Always, I'm not gonna burn stinky incense, baby. Like no. just because you gave it to no, me. No, no. I'm gonna find the one that really. You does know, it I buy them by the for huge freaking packs. I'm just saying, find these small moments to create more pleasure in your life. So when you are having those depression times, when yeah. you are having those shadow times, when you are falling yeah. down those rabbit holes, you have these. Little things that make you feel good. That you can reach for. Yeah. And it's not even having to reach because they're integrated. Yeah. Into your lifestyle as a part of your life. Yes. You know? Yes. I'm going to tell y'all, it may be a little expensive. Listen, (laughs) it will be. You will need a second job, but it'll be worth it. Believe noting what she says. I think my words from the heart is actually a tip I'm learning through traveling, mm-hmm. which is like make whatever you're doing work for you. So 
I'm not used to traveling this much. And so my main goal in traveling this much is to figure out how I can make traveling the most pleasurable thing for myself. Mm -hmm. So I have stopped, you know, getting the first set of seats that are available for the cheapest price. I'm like, does this place come with a checked bag? Um, will mm -hmm. I get extra leg room? Do, do they have Wi-Fi on the plane? Can Like, I looked for the accommodations that I want that will make my trip more pleasurable. I bought luggage, and I will tell you the brand once they agree to sponsor this podcast. <laughs> but it is amazing. I will tell you that. I love it. It, it makes me excited to pack. Like, the luggage makes me That's excited to pack. I love the color of it. I be, listen, I be going through that airport like... Like, I dance from Motown. Like, that's how smooth a bitch is going through the airport now. Like, my shit, everything out of pocket. I'm like, boom, what you need? My laptop. Boom, what you need? My battery. Boom. I'm like, good. I can get in and out of that check-through line. I bought clear okay. so that I can get to the front of the line. A bitch likes that. I'd be like, excuse me, I'm with him. Thank you. Thank you. Straight to the front of the line. So, I mean, before these are things I thought of as luxuries, and I think we think of pleasure as a luxury. But I realized, no, these are the things that make it possible for me to do this in the most pleasurable way possible so that I want to do it more, so that I want to do it again. And whatever, and sometimes you got to take time, be patient with yourself. Like, you're not going to get all, Noni's been, listen, I've known Noni many years. <laughs> She's been working on this shit since we lived together in Carson in 2006. Before that, right? She was already on this shit. I so was. I was. collected... Trying She's to been find years collecting. Back then, I was probably finding the best cheese. Yes, she wasn't the cheese. So she was. She's been collecting shit for quite a while. Okay, feel free to start today and have one thing that you're doing at a time, and just start adding to your collection. And in 20 years, you will be. Well, Noni will have 20 more years of shit. But, you know, my point is, and you got to start look, somewhere. And I'll still look 20. And she'll still look 20 because of her $80 face cream. <laughs> Yo. Enjoy yourself, y'all. That's we, all we're trying to say. We love you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Thanks for sharing our podcast in your stories. Yes. Thanks for sharing it with your friends. Thanks for texting it. I want to, if you've listened all the way to the end of this, I want to say thank you to all the people who heard me lightly check you about them reviews, boo, in our last episode. <laughs> and they started I, adding reviews. Yeah, we got mad reviews this <laughs> week, son. Thank you. And also, you know, if you do find yourself in that breaking moment, consider that you could also be expanding. Much love. <laughs>